Hello guys, welcome back. This is episode two of Movie Locals presented by Blue Wire Hustle. This is your host, Baldemar, aka Monster Man. Today I will be doing a solo podcast. Um, the reason for that is uh, my wife is just not really a fan of the uh, older films or has ever really had any interest in the uh, Mortal Kombat franchise. So I will be reviewing this film by myself, but that's okay. Um, so this is the 1995 Mortal Kombat film. And the reason I'm reviewing this film is because the Mortal Kombat movie is just two weeks away from its debut. Um, so I thought that it would be great to go back and rewatch a movie that I really enjoyed as a kid. Um, there's probably a handful of younglings that have never seen this movie before. And the reason I know that is because I asked a couple of them. Uh, most people don't know um, or know about the game, but to some, the movie's just too uh, too old for them to have any interest in watching. And so I will be getting going into uh, depth in this film. I really hope that you guys enjoy it. Uh, let's go. And here we go. Now, since the trailer for the new Mortal Kombat movie came out recently, I decided to go back and uh, watch the 1995 film. Why you might be asking? Uh, because it was one of the uh, the one of the films that I really loved and enjoyed as a kid, and uh, I used to watch it over and over again because uh, I was a big action. Um, I don't know. I guess you could say fanatic, and so. I mean, obviously, as a kid, you love watching anything that has to do with uh, fighting or monsters and stuff like that. So that was that was my big thing when I was younger. And so and then I used to be a big arcade guy. So I love playing the uh, Mortal Kombat games or arcades. Um, so for those of you younglings listening uh, there. <laughs> There used to be arcades uh, at pretty much every liquor store growing up. And so my cousin and I used to go pretty often to those liquor stores or to uh, one of those places where they used to sell water, the big five gallon jug waters. And so my cousin and I would always play Mortal Kombat and Marvel versus Capcom. Uh, and so as a kid, there was nothing cooler than to see, you know, your characters uh, the characters that you played come alive, and so this movie was really exciting to watch as a kid. And and I say that because I just went back and watched this, and I I really can't believe I thought this movie was any good, you know. Um, but I mean, as a kid, anything that has action was kind of my jam, so I loved it. Um, but let's let's talk about the film. Uh, the uh, movie came out in 1995 and was directed by Paul Anderson. Uh, he has directed uh, the Resident Evil films, uh, Alien vs. Predator, and produced uh, all of the uh, Death Race films. So he kind of has a style. Most of his films are pretty dark and violent, which is kind of funny because 
this film seems to be PG-13, so there's that. Uh, the movie stars Christopher Lambert as uh, Lord Raiden, Robin Shu as Liu Kang, Lyndon Ashby as Johnny Cage, and Bridget Wilson as Sonya Blade. Uh, now let's talk about uh, what was bad about this movie. Too many things were bad about this movie. The uh, script was terrible. It was cheesy. Uh, the acting was mediocre. Um, the CGI obviously did not age well. And the scenes were all over the place, to be honest. Um, if it really felt like the movie was jumping from scene to scene, uh, didn't feel like it had a smooth transition. Um, it was like they would shoot one scene in one place and then we'll go to a different scene with little to no context. And to me, it just really didn't work. Uh, the movie was way too long for what it was doing. Um, and for and wasn't really saying much of anything besides the cool action scenes. Uh, the, fo uh, the movie focused more on fight scenes than, direction, than the direction of the film or character depth. And I think that's why it lacked for me. Um, but I know I'm saying a lot of bad things, but I think, uh, there was a lot of good things in this film as well, though. Um, first off, let's go with, uh, how the characters looked, which was spot on. Uh, the costumes were straight from the comics. I mean, you know, Sub-Zero, Scorpion, Reptile, Kano, Lord Rayland. I mean, they all looked really good. Goro especially looked surprisingly well for the time and uh, I was doing some digging and I realized that they actually used a suit with a stuntman and the stuntman was controlling the bottom portion of the body while the upper body was being controlled mechanically by uh, puppeteers and so even though there was the movement was a bit uh, strict I think uh, it worked well and the fight scenes were we're not that bad. Um, and then, obviously, the fighting scenes were done pretty well. And uh, as I was doing the digging, I, uh, I saw that um, Robin Shu, who plays uh, Liu Kang, uh, became uh, the fight scene choreographer during a reshoot. And uh, he's actually known to have been the one to introduce... Uh, wire suspension in America. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, I also liked how they used some of their signature moves in this film, like uh, Johnny Cage's shadow kick and uh, Liu Kang's bicycle kick as well. We see, we see that at the end. And then uh, last but not least uh, was I think the music, obviously. <laughs> the music was, I mean, and is a classic. Like that's what Mortal Kombat is nowadays and so um, the music was amazing it's uh, the song is called uh, techno syndrome and uh, it pretty much became the staple of the, the game franchise <clears throat> and I mean it, it's pretty cool um, now let's go through the film let's talk about the film uh, in detail um, first off the film starts off well we have the main characters being presented to the audience right off the bat. Uh, first, we have Liu Kang, who's having some sort of nightmare. 
uh, after finding out that his brother has died or was killed and so this kind of becomes like the whole premise of the film where he wants to find the person who killed his brother and in the dream they make it seem like he can see Shang Tsung killing him killing his brother and so to me I thought it was weird because when he meets him later and um, he doesn't react it's almost like he doesn't know him but in the dream they made it seem like he could see his face so I thought that was that was pretty weird um, but anyway uh, then we go out to the next scene with uh, Sonia Blade who's pretty much out on the hunt for Kano in a club who apparently killed her brother so she's pretty much out for revenge and Kano seems to be working for Shang Tsung to lure Sonia to the tournament and then um, from that scene we that we jump onto the next scene where we see Johnny Cage who's an action Hollywood star who wants to be known as an actual martial artist and not just like a fake and so he is lured into the tournament by Shang Tsung uh, pretty much because he wants to prove himself so we see that Shang Tsung is playing his part in all these fighters trying to get them all together um, and then so we get the whole you know the gang together in the boat and the boat is packed with like dozens of other fighters uh, but somehow they meet each other and there's this scene where we have a confrontation with Shang Tsung and we get the little introduction of Scorpion and Zabiro. This is where we see both of them for the first time. And I, you know, I thought it was a cool, a little cheesy, but it was a nice little introduction of both of these characters. Uh, Sub-Zero, you know, he freezes Sonya Blade's gun uh, when he touches it. And then uh, we have uh, Scorpion who brings out the serpent uh, right out of his hand. <clears throat> right before we see Lord Raiden uses thunder to kick their asses pretty much. So then we have um, Raiden explain to them that the fate of the world is in their hands and that, you know, Earth has lost nine out of ten tournaments. And so um, if they lose one more than a tyrant, so that's Shao Kahn, uh, from the outworld is going to rule both Earth and you know the outworld so no pressure right let's uh jump ahead to some fighting scenes that were fun to watch in this film um so the first one we see is when sub-zero shows up to show off you know in front of the fighters that just recently arrived in the island and <clears throat> the all the fighters are eating at the banquet and all of a sudden all these minion fighters come out as I will probably be calling them minions fighters because they're just kind of like one of those some of those masked fighters that you never <clears throat> see their faces and there's just a bunch of them so <clears throat> just remember that I'm gonna mention that a couple times um, but they clear out the space uh, start flipping tables and razzling all the fighters I hope razzling is a word I'm not even sure but uh, <clears throat> Anyway, we see Sub-Zero freeze uh, one of the minions, which was really cool. He throws one of those ice balls or whatever. And then 
that's it. I mean, literally, that that was a show. I mean, they they I don't know. I was, <laughs> it was a it was a letdown, really. This that scene kind of fell short, but it was still pretty cool to see Sub Zero in action. Uh, but then that was it, and Sony and the others decided to follow Shang Tsung soon. Uh, and then again, it just didn't work for me because I was just kind of like an off transition of the film. Uh, didn't really work for me, but the Sub-Zero thing was, was really cool. Uh, another uh, great scene that I enjoyed watching was also pretty short, but there was a lot more action in it. And that is when the three main characters, Johnny, Sonia, and Liu Kang... Uh, they're surrounded by a bunch of minions and uh i'm gonna say the choreography here was really good uh everything was smooth uh, johnny cage even looked really cool there at the end with uh one of those staff moves uh that was really cool sonia had like a a hand move that was pretty cool too um right at the end there and so even though it was short i think the choreography there was really cool um so let's move on to the first actual tournament fight. Um, and that one goes to Liu Kang. Um, he obviously wins. And <clears throat> right after that fight, we see, we see um, Shang Tsung uh, take the soul right out of the, um, the loser's body. So that was really cool. Um, and then... Right after that, we have uh, the next scene where we see Sonya Blade actually fighting Kano. And this is actually, this 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 fight was really good. But uh, she manages to actually kick his ass and then actually snaps his neck and kills him. Um, the next two fights there uh really didn't make any sense because we had two tournament fights and then right after those two fights we have johnny cage out of nowhere walking in the woods somewhere for some reason surrounded by trees and scorpion shows up um they somehow end up uh you know scorpion brings out the little lizard uh, thing right out of his uh, hand and then uh, somewhere in the fight they get warped into this cave uh, looking place um, they fight a scorpion you know does the cool peeling his face off and you can see his skull breathes fire and I mean at the end Johnny kicks his ass anyway Johnny Cage um, and then we have this super cheesy part where scorpion um it's about to blow up and Johnny Cage is running, trying to get out of the way, you know, those dramatic scenes. And then there's a signed picture of Johnny Cage on the floor, which literally made no sense. They, we never, and then also we never have an explanation of why this fight took place or if it was part of the tournament. Um, I don't know. It just, even though we have like this random fight, I do like that they have quite a few fights, one right after another, but again, the transition there from one fight to the next really doesn't make any sense. 
One fight that I really hated was between uh, Katana and Liu Kang. So, for some reason, we see Shang Tsung order a fight between the two. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, again, it's one of those scenes that just pops out with no context. And uh, they have a fight, right? Um, and then the only real reason or the only apparent reason uh, for this fight was for her to tell him how to defeat Sub-Zero or his next next fight. I don't even think she mentions Sub-Zero. She almost like talks to him in riddles. And that was literally the only reason they even have this fight. There's no winner, no loser. Uh, the fight was kind of awkward. I didn't understand why it happened. And it really felt like they could have found a better way of her talking to him or giving him advice on his next fight i don't know that was that seemed really off on um i didn't like it um and so it's gonna be i'm gonna be going from fighting to fighting because there's just this long span of almost all just fights um and so the fight with sub-zero uh was was a decent fight um you know a lot of flips and tricks we have the this dark ominous scene with mist you know and uh i was into this fight until the, there's this part where sub-zero is back flipping down this ramp and that's really cool right and then luke kang is also running towards him and he does like the dumbest air jump down that ramp i mean it was it was comical it was like he's punching the air he's not really i don't know they're trying to make it look cool some way but it just it doesn't work he jumps and it just it literally i laughed out loud at that scene um it really took me out of the like the movie and at this point uh uh as even though i was okay with the with the fight scenes um this really was just off um didn't like it but obviously luke kang uh figures out how to beat him kills him and then we move forward to another fight, which is another character I mentioned, which was Goro. Um, at this point, Goro has defeated about a dozen fighters. And he is fighting uh, the character Art Lean, who really seems to be about the only fighter to know the main characters or to seem to be having at least some sort of relationship with them, at least you know with Johnny Cage um and so Goro fights him in the ring and you know he kills him Shang Tsung ends up taking his soul and um Johnny decides after that that you know he wants to fight him uh and then this is actually one of the really uh I guess this this you would probably say that this is one of my favorite scenes because during their fight, uh, so I say favorite scene because I will be explaining my favorite fight scene in a second. But this scene, we have uh, Johnny Cage is staring up at Goro. The fight's uh, about to begin and uh, Johnny does the splits right in front of him and punches Goro right in the nuts. Alright. 
Johnny runs out to the side of the tall mountain. You know, he gets out of the fighting area. Uh, Goro follows him, and Johnny kicks him out of the side of the mountain and defeats him. Um, and now let's go to my actual favorite fight scene. Uh, and that will be the fight between Liu Kang and Reptile. Now, uh, <clears throat> Reptile, for the most of the film, uh, is like this CGI little reptilian monster um, that is following the main characters around, um, you know, uh, throughout the film and, and finding out things for Shang Tsung. Um, but when Johnny and Liu Kang end up in the outworld, he ends up fighting Reptile in his, like, humanoid form. Um, he... So the way that he looks, he, he looks he he looks exactly pretty much the same as the other two Scorpion and Sub Zero, except for his uh, ninja suit is uh, green, and his mask design is different too. Uh, it's like a reptilian mask. Um, I like this fight because in the beginning, um, Liu Kang is getting his ass beat. Um, so that was really exciting. Uh, what separates a reptile from Scorpion and Sub-Zero in this film is, is his speed. Uh, he seems to be fighting fast. Uh, Liu <coughs> Kang doesn't seem to catch a break from his punches and his kicks. Um, now, Reptile doesn't really have a specific power here, um, like Scorpion or Sub-Zero, but he does seem to be uh, relent relentless, and uh, it really he really takes a better of uh, Liu Kang for most of the fight before actually before we see Liu Kang uh, doing the bicycle kick that was really cool to see and uh, he destroys Reptile now let's move on to the last fight um, where we have Liu Kang and Shang Tsung so this is the epic battle where <clears throat> Liu Kang can finally Avenge his brother and save the world, right? And so, um, what we could tell in this film is that Shang Tsung knew, you know, somehow that Liu Kang was special because he seemed to avoid him, uh, avoid fighting him for pretty much uh, the entire time. Um, he ends up kidnapping Sonya Blade in an attempt to force her to fight him. Uh, but I, I guess the rules is says that she has to agree, right? And so when the guys show up <clears throat> and try to ruin his plans, he ends up asking Johnny Cage to fight. And But uh, this time, Liu Kang forces him to fight him. And uh, what happens? Well, Liu Kang kicks his ass, right? So during the fight scene, we obviously have the, the infamous uh, Techno Syndrome playing in the background. Uh, that was cool. And then I really like seeing uh, Shang Tsung use his uh, morphing abilities here. And he also uses his powers to uh, bring back people or his souls to fight for him. But um, at the end, uh, Liu Kang finishes him off with a fireball punch and drops him on the floor uh, where there's actual spikes waiting for him below. And Shang Tsung dies, and all the souls he took are released, and we have this nice scene with Liu Kang uh, talking to his brother. 
Um, the movie ends with with Sonia, Johnny, Lou, and Raiden uh, hugging, walking out of the temple, and then it sets up for the next movie, which is uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. So again, I know that most of the the time that I spent here was talking about fight scenes, and that's because uh, the majority of the film was just fight scenes and, again, lacked context and character development, and I think that's what was weak in this um, this film. I think it could have been better. Um, but I'm going to rate this. Let's rate this, right? I'm going to rate this a... And I'm going to be nice here because, uh, again, it's one of those movies that I grew up watching over and over again, so it's a lot of nostalgia here. So I'm gonna have to give it a D plus, C minus, and I think I'm being nice here. Um, and that's just be uh, for the love of the film. Uh, but other than that, it it just it really lacked. Um, so I really want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to this podcast on my review for Mortal Kombat uh, 1995. I'm very looking forward to the new one coming out in just a couple months. And um, please uh, like, subscribe uh, this episode, please, or this podcast. And uh, follow me on Twitter on at MonsterMan. And my Instagram at monster underscore man 89. Also, if you guys have any questions or suggestions, anything, uh, hit me up on any of those or at movielocos.com. Thank you guys. Uh, see you guys next episode. Bye bye.